0: G'day, how the bloody hell are ya? Let me get rid of the metronome sound, I should have done that before I press record, righto Welcome to episode 122 of the Average Man podcast, we are getting through them now mate, it's been a little bit quiet Uh, The last few weeks has been a bit going on with long weekends and uh, I had something else that stopped me doing it the weekend before, I think I explained that the last podcast I did, which was before the Easter long weekend, and it's now currently the Anzac Day long weekend. So, g'day, how the hell are you? Uh, welcome back. And yeah, t- today's podcast was scheduled in for tomorrow because I was going to be doing a road trip today, but that's fallen by the wayside because if you don't know. Um, What happened with the Ranger coming back from, from Broome last week And I'll, I'll, um, let me tell you a little yarn, tell you a little story, fill you in on all the, the info So anybody that listens to this podcast for any period of time knows we got the Ranger, brand new Ford Ranger with a very exy um, Norwell canopy on the back All set up for touring, all set up to go bloody anywhere and do anything and last weekend we went up to Broom, just stayed at the caravan park, because it's broom, that's what you do. But we uh um we took the ranger for the first time, first family trip out. And pretty bloody excited about it. Spent a long time in the making, the whole the whole thing. So um Yeah, we took it up there, stayed at the caravan park, we're down at cable beach every night and, and went out bush a little bit as well we went out looking for a spot called coconut wells which i thought was a little bit further out so the people that we went with and we missed the the town turn off which is like you go down the the cape Levite road it's just past the speedway i think you hook a left down there and it's basically it's a bitumen track all the way to coconut wells itself we went like 20 something k down the the cape Levite road and then hooked left on a dirt track which then took us through some other, you know, just bush tracks and rocked up to a spot that I now know is called Flat Rock, which is like a little cliff face and the white sandy beach down the bottom and like some cool rock formations, which would be rock pools and a low tide and like white sandy beach and kind of that milky sort of water you get with uh, the real white sandy beaches. Uh, and it looked beautiful, and it was the wrong spot. And we were waiting. We were apparently meeting other people, so we sort of kept going, and did a big round trip through the bush and through some mud flaps flaps <laughs> through some mud flats. Um mud flaps, that's what's when you that's what you get when you have a when you have route in the bush. Um sorry. Uh, through some mud flats and ended up back at this coconut wells and that's when we realized, man, this is on the bitumen and it's a full tourist spot. It was packed. Everyone was there. There's cars jammed in like sardines and you've got to be there on the full high tide, because it's like the tide rushes out and you jump in, it drifts you along the shoreline and it's good for kids, good for swimming. There's no, you know. I don't know why they say it's good for swimming, it's safe for crocodiles. It's kind of, I feel like that's just an assumption that's made because a lot of people go there. So you think, ah, oh, it's good for swimming. There's no difference. like There's no reason the croc wouldn't go there except that there is a lot of people and maybe they don't want to be around that many people. But there's not like there's any protection from crocodiles in that area specifically. It's just that people go there so people are comfortable going there But anyway, we got there and it was packed And it was, we'd missed high tide So it was, we had enough water to go for a bit of a paddle And throw the ball for the dog and get the sup out and It was good, we were with good people anyway So it was still a good day But um, totally, it was a massive roundabout trip to get there Got some, pin tri- some pinstripes on the ranger Because we went through some tight scrub tracks and I actually really liked the, the flat rock joint which, which was the wrong spot Like it was a little bit of a um, steep inclined track And then driving along a little bit of a cliff face on one side You know like a 4 or 5 metre cliff face And then water on the other side Which was probably another 2 metre drop off once on a low tide So it's a little bit of a, a, a thin track You would only do it with a couple, 2 or 3 cars which we had Um, But yeah it would be a really nice spot to go down and set up because you've got your car right there and you know obviously we've got the setup to just spread out and have our shade and our fridges and all that sort of shit right there which is what we want to do whereas at the coconut well spot you know you park up on a, a ridge and you walk down to the water. So it would have been a really good spot and I reckon we'll go back to Broome next school holidays and I reckon we'll go back to Flat Rock if we can find another car or two to to come with us because that'll be a really nice day out there if the if the tides were working correctly. Get out there on, on a high tide and just chill there for a few hours as the tide goes out. Definitely keen to go back and try that out. But anyway, um, car was... Going well, going great, loved it, set it up down Cable Beach every night We were there, a few drinks, throw the ball for the kids Got some great photos, I don't know if you follow me on Insta But we got some really good photos just on sunset and after sunset well, I think on the last night we were there Just the magic colours, you know, you get the Kimberleys and the and, and the and the Pilbara um, But just with that beach, it was pretty special Pretty specky photos, with full moon that night as well um, So that was all good, we had a I had a bloody blast in Broome. It was awesome. Uh, we were driving home on the Monday, and work you know f- obviously work the following day on the Tuesday. Plan was to come home. I Was going to go through the car wash in in South Hedland and give everything a good spray off and a vacuum out because that Cable Beach sand just bloody sticks to you like like no one's business. So that was the plan. Um. So that was the the bloody plan, but um, it didn't quite go down like that. So. On the way, we, we used a whole tank of fuel from between Port Hedland and, and Broome and filled up in town at the Coles Express in Broome. Drove around a little bit. As I said, we went to coconut wells and stuff with that tank of fuel, but we used bugger all topped up another 20 litres or something like that before we left town just to make sure we had a full tank before leaving Broome. And on the way home, I guess I did kind of notice it. Um, that the car was a little sluggish, didn't really want to sit on 100 k's an hour with the caravan towing behind it. I just put it down to the fact that we're going up into the wind up an incline and thought, okay, it doesn't tow as good as I hoped it would. Um, even though I had no troubles on the way to Broome. But then moving further and further back down south towards Headland, and we went past uh, uh, Pardue Roadhouse, which is the last fuel station between here and Between where we were and and Port Hedland And like like 5 or 10k past there I noticed, I think my my wife pointed it out Em's pointed it out That we only had like a quarter of a quarter of a tank left Like an eighth of a tank left Which wasn't going to be enough to get home I thought what the hell I've been sitting on 100 the whole time I shouldn't be chewing extra juice Than I did on the way there And 140 litre tanks should be plenty of fuel Between here and Broome, 600k's so I put on the digital like the digital fuel reader tells you how many kilometers to to empty, and it was just visibly going down. It was like eighty k's, and then thirty seconds later, seventy nine k's, seventy eight k's, seventy seven k's. I'm like, oh man, this is we're tearing through this diesel. Like we're not going to make it home. 150, 150 k's, 100, By that time, like one hundred thirty k's to home. I thought, bloody hell. All right. Do a Yui So we hooked it Did a Yui Had to go back to Party Roadhouse I'm like This is not what I want I'm on the way home Long weekend Had a bit of a schedule To try and keep To get everything back home And get sorted out In time for work The next day Hook, Roll up at Party Roadhouse And we've been doing A little bit of Google it, And it was sluggish too It was like Didn't want to go over 80k's an hour towing So to go up to like 90 to 100k's an hour It was revving out Wow, not, not redlining But it was 3200 revs Like it was revving and chewing more juice. So I was driving them like 80 k's an hour and it was just sitting on 80. Something's not right. Did a bit of Google Doctor on it and everything was saying fuel filter, fuel filter, fuel filter. So I pulled over, um, pulled up and I, was, I made a few poor decisions, right? I uh, went and looked in the servo there, the roadhouse, and they only had Toyota fuel filters on the shelf. And nothing like nothing to clean the fuel filter Like you want like a carby clean Like a pressurised cleaner in a can That you can get it and pshhh, Spray it into the filter and, and blow the gunk out They didn't have anything like that there either So right away I should have just left it I should have just called a tow truck Because I didn't have Even if I pulled the fuel filter out I'd had nothing to clean it with Or replace it with So I wasn't really gaining anything But I guess I wanted to know That it was fuel filter Because it was just hypothetical at that stage I wanted to know if there was something else We could do to fix it And get on the road And get home again Messed around with this fuel filter for a couple of hours. Got it out, washed it in some petrol in a bucket. Tried to get the gunk out. Didn't didn't really work. Um, got it got some shit out of it. Didn't get enough out. And um, I was like, okay, well, we now have to call tow truck to come and get us. I wasn't going to drive home with the, the filter as dirty as it was. It was like covered in gunk. So putting it all back together, what I did the f- when I first started pulling the fuel filter out, because I'm no mechanic by any stretch of the imagination, um, I popped the top of the housing off, which is like a little cap with four clips on it, which I didn't need to do. It's a screw body, the whole thing screws in half, you pull the housing apart and the fuel filter just slides out in the middle. So I slid, put that all back together and then trying to pop that cap back onto the top, two of the little... Clips that just clicked down over a little Plastic lug, they snapped off Because it really did not want to come off in the first place Had to kind of gently pry it open with A screwdriver And that just snapped, they snapped off Putting it back on And also There was Clips that go on the hoses which were just a weird Little blue plastic, blue and red Plastic clip and they did not want To go back on, they did not want to go back on One of those snapped trying to go back on, one of those flung Off and was never seen again and it was just a disaster trying to put it back together. So I'd go to start, turn the motor over, and just fuel's pissing out the top of the housing. So I'd fucked it. I couldn't drive it anyway. And we called a tow truck at like six o'clock to come get us. We'd been on the We'd been there for like two hours fucking around with this thing. So poor decision straight away. Should have called. Should have called RAC straight off the bat, and shouldn't have touched anything in hindsight. But I did, and we called them at like six o'clock, and you know we're an hour and a half out of town. And then with a few back and forth phone calls between us, RAC, and then the tow truck company, it was 10, 20 past ten by the time they rolled up to pick us up. And we luckily we had the caravan there. We pulled up, plugged it in because I've only got two forty volt power on this old caravan. Plugged it in, put the aircon on it was boiling hot. Put the kids to sleep. Had a you know, I couldn't you know had a, some some food and some waters and just chilled out and whatever. And uh, they rocked up with a spare car on the back of the of the tow truck because because of COVID, the tow truck tr- company, this is their discretion, would not let us in the cab with the tow truck driver. So he's he, he's rolled up at Pardue Roadhouse, 150k's out of town at 20 past 10 at night. It was 11 o'clock by the time I got on the road with an old Honda Civic for me to drive my family home in at 11 at night after being on the road and shit all day, tired as hell, no bull bar, no spotlights, like sits like an inch away from the road, this thing, pulls up and that's for me to drive my family home in while he tows the caravan and you home because he doesn't want us sitting in the, in the cab with him. So we're in this bloody Honda Civic, tired as shit, driving home, eyes are all stinging and drying out, trying to keep them uh, open, driving this bloody thing down the road. Super dodgy Dodgiest Dodgiest Trip I've ever done With my family in the car Did not feel safe Was not comfortable um, Just more COVID bullshit Like that's safer Than than us sitting in the cab With him with masks And shit on right All all tested Negative We had tests on us Because we showed him Rat tests With masks on Emma has the proper 95 masks on her no, nah, fuck that. You drive your family home at 11 o'clock at night in a Honda Civic piece of shit with no bull bar or fucking spotty on, and that's and when, why are you tired? And that's safer than sitting in the cab with us because you might get a cold otherwise. So fuck you, right? GBTK is the name of the company. They're a fucking local company in town here. Um, they're the tow truck driver And I don't give a fuck Name and shame You Because that's bullshit And that was at the discretion of them And it was the The owner of the company Who picked us up So it's this prick That did this to us He made us Fucking drive this piece of shit home In the middle of the fucking night um, At least bring us out A ute A decent ute man They're like they, They're involved in Mining and civil Civil um, Works and stuff like that They've got a You know fleet of cars Like put a decent car on there For me to drive my family home In man Anyway, that's what we drove home, and you know, got home. Had to cancel work the next day, um, and then next the next day, sort of went down and seen the guys. When I woke up, it was like one thirty. By the time we got home and got to bed and everything, went down and seen them and had a look what was going on. And yeah, fucked the housing. And yeah, the fuel filter's cactus. And gonna have to pull the tank out and drain the tank and the sump because there'll be shit in there. And it'll go back through and flush all the lines out so we don't end up, you know, fucking fucking up the injectors. Excuse my French. Buggering up the injectors. And um, the fuel housing was something that we had to order in, which I sort of knew it would be. So we they've ordered that in. That part didn't rock up it's before the weekend, so they, you know, they got the car on Tuesday effectively, and didn't get the part in by the end of the week. So no car for me on the long weekend. Huge bill. It was like a th- we got RAC Platinum, so we do have we are covered for towing. Three hundred kilometre round trip. It was a little bit over that, so there's like a three hundred dollar excess on the towing. Um and then they told us it's going to be $30 when they first rang him and then he calls me back goes no nah, no nah, there was a there was a mess up in the office it's going to be 300. Um anyway, $300 excess on the towing, dumped the the tank of fuel, I got at Pardue Roadhouse cuz I had had to had to clean the whole tank out. Um all the the, the money to fix the whole thing. It's like a $2000 exercise easy, right? Um so I've jumped on the phone to uh, the the Coles the Fuel station it was a Coles Express Fuel station in Broome And told them What was going on Didn't mention the fact That I'd You know Fucked the fuel housing And everything up Like I'll just pay For that separately Because um, the, the original issue Was the fuel filter And that's still the, the issue That I need to get sorted um, I'll, I'll pay for the bits That I broke And we'll, we'll Sort that out You know After the fact And basically They put me through To their insurers I sent them through um, Receipts And a uh, Quote from GBTK uh, And the fellow who I'm dealing with there Who works there He's a good bloke Joey He has been. He seems like he knows what he's doing He was helpful Sending the quote through And just talking me through What we're going to do And what needs to be done And blah 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 I'm just pissed off at that owner That made me drive My car home in the middle of the night And told us a few things Like it was all Real rosy At night time When we needed their help And he never had any intention Of of helping us The way he, he indicated When I spoke to him But anyway Joey was cool Um and I've sent that through to the, to the insurance company for Coles Express, and it looks like, man, I think we've got a pretty bloody good case for their insurance company who gave us, you know, the company that sold us dirty fuel, dirty diesel, to pay for all expenses, again, besides the fuel housing that I broke, and the, uh, um, that's, that's, that'll be on me. That's fine. So let's see. Let's hope, man, fingers crossed that comes through because it's going to save me a lot of money, nearly a couple of grand all up on a brand-new car on the first trip we took it <laughs> out of town, so... A really disappointing finish to to the long weekend, but still had a a bloody great time nonetheless. And, yeah, the the plan for this weekend was to go down to um, Dampier, spend spend a day at least down at Dampier. We'll do it next weekend. Uh, We may even go down... May even go down and do an overnighter, we'll see, see how that pans out. We'll definitely do a day trip down to probably go to the bar up, go to the Jump Up in Hurston's Cove or something like that because the weather's just changing, man. It's so funny. I always tell people when they talk about, oh, when does the heat end, you know, uh, I always say Anzac Day. For me, I always remember it being Anzac Day. Anzac Day is when it just seems to, to just – you get a nice cool night And the next day It's just not hot anymore And it's kind of The weather just changes from there And then May is beautiful And June, July, perfect So As of days, tomorrow It is The days are still warm But the the evenings And the mornings are nice and cool So let's just see I reckon I reckon Tomorrow Last hot day we have And then The working week ahead Is just milder and milder Every day And, and it's just going to be Beautiful moving forward So looking forward to some Weekend uh, day trips overnighters get the fire pit going get this caravan out again all just lynch pins around um, us getting the bloody ranger back next week and then please just hope just pray for me uh, whatever it is you you do um, um, do a rain dance do a smoke ceremony um, I don't know. Meditate with a fish On your lap Whatever it is you do To to get things to happen Positively for you In your life Um, Just let's hope We get this Insurance claim Come through And and, um pay for that all the damages on the buddy ranger for us, just the whole fiasco it's it's the fuel 260 bucks worth of fuel from broom 300 worth of fuel from pardu that got dumped 300 excess in towing fees and then the the mechanics bill as well so it's it's a it's a decent chunk of money at the end of a holiday on a brand new car that you just spent all this money on so you can go away reliably and it was like jelly sludge that came out of the fuel filter and the um yeah, the tank was full of like it was like jelly. This is just, and this car's got under ten thousand Ks on it, man. So it's pretty clear what the what the issue was. So let's hope we can get it bloody fixed. Uh, moving on from that, um, it was bloody good, man. And the dog, the little pup who's sitting here next to me, uh, the little camp dog, she was really good at the caravan park and down the beach, and she's so easy to travel with. So she was a she was a bloody winner. Winner chicken dinner. The little the lone remaining dog that we got. So that was cool. Um, What were we talking about last time out Last time before Anzac Day I think it was pre-UFC 272 And I was pretty amped and pumped up about it And we had some pretty good results So the little Australian champ Volkanovsky Who's the uh, featherweight champ The featherweight champ He put on a masterclass He cleaned up the Korean Zombie Just outclassed him Just perfect, too good timing, speed, everything It was just amazing so that was cool to watch. He's talking about going up to lightweight to find a competitor there, a challenge, just because he's just he's miles ahead of the game. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. Um, he was awesome. There was Sterling actually won against Peter Yarn. I think I had my money on Yarn because he looked so much better than him in the original fight. It was a close fight, tight fight. He could have scored it either way. But, yeah, Sterling probably edged him out with the decision on that one. wasn't the best fight in the world. But what was really good was Chimaev versus Burns, and I was so hyped about this fight. This is the, um, yeah, the Chechnyan cat who's got all this hype behind him. He was like all his um, previous wins have been, you know, first round knockout. He'd been punched once or something like that, or four times, and no, once in his in his or twice in his four UFC um, fights prior to this, just destroying guys, smashing guys. All this hype behind him, and. He stepped up to fight the number two contender in the uh, welterweight division, which was a massive step up, and a guy who's a super good grappler, real knockout power, um, who's legit, not 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 a joke at all. And they went toe to toe for 15 minutes. It was a great fight. We got to see Jemaya get tested. We saw him. He wouldn't. He couldn't blow through this guy, but he showed so much. Aggression and um, skill The grappling Back and forth was pretty cool Gilbert you know burns as tough as they come He he took some good shots Dealt some good shots So we got to see the gas tank on Jamaev, The chin on him We got to see the heart on him Push through adversity When it didn't go his way easily And some people were like A bit underwhelmed Because they just Are used to him destroying everyone But I think that's crazy Because The step up was huge The adrenaline of it The fact you're fighting The number two guy in the world Now all of a sudden Um we didn't know if he was legitimate or not. We didn't know if he had a chin, a gas tank, all that kind of stuff. We know he's got all of that now. He needs to refine his. Uh, he he needs to refine a few things before he meets Kamara Usman, the champ. But he needed a fight like this to see where he was at, what he needs to fix, what the gas tank's like, all that sort of shit. You can't just blow through all your com- competition, and then step in the octagon with Kamara Usman because he'll just drag you into deep water. He's been to deep water now. He knows what he needs to fix. He knows he needs to chill a little bit. He can't just can't try and knock these top contenders out like just blow through them like he was doing with unranked guys. He needs to, he needs to use all of his skill set and be prepared to be in there for the whole fifteen or twenty five minutes. So I was super. I was I was happy with the result. It was a clear win, but a great fight, and he's on to bigger and better things now. So the, the train, the hype train is well and truly on track with this dude. And the way he handled it, the whole thing, super cool afterwards, really respectful. He was happy to have had a hard-testing fight like that. Just all the – just all green lights for me. Just ticks all the boxes. This the dude's going to hopefully go all the way. He needs, I think, two more fights and then fight Kamaru Usman and hopefully take the, the belt off him. I just think it's time for a change of guard, well to wait there. Um yeah, so pretty cool, pretty good card and some pretty good implications for the rest of the, the those divisions. And also on the weekend just now t- today uh, there was a pretty big uh, boxing fight it was Tyson Fury, the undisputed heavyweight champ of the world, the big 6 foot 9 Manchester Gypsy King. And he knocked his opponent out and sort of retired in the ring and it just sort of begs the question is like he's the best heavyweight boxer of our generation hands down no arguments whatsoever. but I just wonder if how good he really is if he's if he's top five of all time. I kind of think that he is, but then it's you know you do get caught up in the moment when when you're watching someone currently do the damn thing um, you know. Uh, the bias of of you know what's happening now is strong. You know you could he have handled a, a a primed Mike Tyson when he was 21 years old, just savaging people, jumping in through underneath the garden, knocking them dead in 20 seconds. I don't know. We've never seen anybody do that to him, but you know you just never know. You know what about the Evander Holyfields and the Lennox Lewis's of the of the day? I tend to think he would have beat those guys fairly handily. His footwork and his length and his actual boxing prowess is so good. His chin's amazing. He got laid out flat by Deontay Wilder, who's one of the heaviest power punches to ever do the damn thing, and got up and then won the next round and ended up knocking that guy out the next two fights after that. So he's a super dangerous guy with a really good chin, all the all the skill in the world. I think he could have beat any any of them. I mean, it's hard to put anyone against a prime Mike Tyson back in the day. I know a lot of people would say Muhammad Ali as well, but to, you know it was a different era. You know Muhammad Ali much smaller. Um, the sport was where it is now in the you know late sixties and seventies when Muhammad Ali was champ and. You know, Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time not just because of his boxing skill but because of who he was culturally and what he stood for and you know the, the, what he did outside the ring he was he was an amazing man you know um, just take away all that and just put skill for skill inside the ring I mean Mike Tyson would have killed Muhammad Ali um, and but I think Tyson Fury you know he's the only person you could really look at and say he he might have been out of... He might have been out of handle of Prime Mike Tyson. Maybe not. Who knows? But for my money, he's definitely top five greatest of all time. Um, you know, maybe not as dynamic as some of those guys of Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and Tyson in his prime and some of those kind of guys, but definitely one of them, man. Definitely one of them. He's up there. And he's a real character. Great character, great for the sport, great to watch, great art on the mic, great outside the ring, just a just a real, real yeah, crazy. Uh, exciting champion, so uh, and yeah, might be might be his last fight. But there's some rumours in the mill that he and the heavyweight UFC champion Francis Ngannou uh, are keen to 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 put something together to fight. Ngannou kind of seems to think it'll be in next year in Africa, so Rumble in the Jungle too. We'll see. Uh, personally, again, and can knock someone dead with one punch, and you know he's the UFC heavyweight champion in the world. But I mean, realistically, um, Tyson Fury just picks him apart and destroys him, really. But it'd be cool to see. It'd be cool to see. But you know, having said that, the MMA fighters need a win in this arena, man. All these MMA fighters are going on boxing, boxing stars, or even YouTube stars at boxing, retired UFC fighters, and and losing. Getting knocked out and shit Uh, Obviously Conor McGregor started it with Floyd Mayweather No shame in losing to Floyd Mayweather But now we've had Conor lose to Floyd We've had Ben Askin get knocked out By the YouTuber Jake Paul We've had Tyson uh, uh, Woodley Ex-Champ get knocked out by the YouTuber Jake Paul And, And I feel like there's another one I know we need some bloody success In this realm What we need is one of these cats to fight Um uh, Anderson Silva, who's doing some boxing now, he's over there. He 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 actually did beat a, a boxer. So yeah, he he built, beat um, Cesar Chavez Jr. I think, who was a great boxer in his in his day. Um, so I'd like that maybe the YouTuber or someone to box uh, Anderson Silva and you know, get get one back for the MMA fighters, or they can come over and do some. Get one of the boxers can get in the MMA ring and see how long they last, but. Yeah, I dare say Tyson Fury and Gennaro. If that happens, it's just going to be another another MMA fighter falling into a box up because you know they're boxing. It's it's a different sport, man. Uh, I'm going to get out of here uh, in a minute, but just wanted to quickly glaze over something that I think's pretty exciting: the Elon Musk possible hostile takeover of Twitter. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Elon Musk has has raised. I think he's got. Somewhere in the realm of twenty-five billion dollars of his own money, and you know twenty something from investors, so about 40, 40, whatever it is, it's like forty-six billion-dollar um, bid to buy Twitter because they are free speech uh, Nazis. They just won't. They just yeah. They just. They are killing free speech. They're shutting people down there at the heart of cancel culture. Twitter is the world forum where people go to share ideas. And, and I don't I don't really use it that much, but I know how culturally important it is. And it's very, very left-wing biased. And tech giant tech giants tend to be very left-wing, and they run it, and they shut down, and they only let the people who they want to speak speak. I mean, Donald Trump got kicked off Twitter. That's crazy. I mean, much of a, you know, you know, Asshole as the guy is, he's the next president of the United States of America, he shouldn't have a voice, um, you can disagree with people, I think you just know how I feel about free speech, and if you disagree with somebody's ideas, you let them talk, you challenge their ideas with better ideas, um, and you let people decide for themselves where they where they sit, on on what side of the fence they sit, you don't just cancel people, because one, it's very dangerous, you never know when it's your ideas that are going to be the wrong ideas, and 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 you'll get cancelled. Your your people that are champions for your ideas get camp cancelled. Um, and it creates underground cultures and subcultures, and 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 you know it, it doesn't get to the heart of anything. If you think something's a bad or dangerous idea, and you just shut it down, well, you're not challenging those ideas. You're not telling the whole world why you think it's bad and why and 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 going. You might be saying what you think's bad about it, but you're not challenging that idea face-to-face in an open court of public opinion, which is where ideas really get tested. So Musk wants to buy this thing out. He's a massive proponent for free speech, and they don't want him to. They're trying to block him. and the, the, the board are trying to block him. There's some weird thing they do where they say no one can have more than a 15% share in the company unless they get uh, approved by the board. And I don't know how it all works. If he's got lawyers who are working to try and counter that, but basically they're going to put forward a bid to buy the majority share of Twitter. And, and he's got plans to, to, to open it up and let people talk and create free speech on that platform, which I think is, is huge and actually really important. Um, Love him or hate him, Elon Musk's a gangster, man. He's he's a, he's a modern day. He's like a king. He's like a modern day billionaire gangster doing whatever the hell he wants, changing the planet. And I think this is a real positive thing, man. So let's hope it goes through. Let's hope he sticks it to these left wing. Uh, um, you know, uh, they're they're just these tech giants have too much power, and it's all in one direction, and it's and it's and it's. And it's p- you know, ...backed politically... ...and they have their fingers in the pie...